Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. Joining me today is Raven Faber. She's somebody that I met a long time ago in my life, and she has come so very, very far since then. She's a very creative person, a very intelligent person, and she has created her own company, Enge Erotics. So we're going to get a little bit into the cannabis space, a little bit into the erotic equipment space. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but most of all, we're going to get into a very unusual story. And that's what we do here on Beat the Often Path. We showcase unusual stories because unusual times call for unusual stories. The old ways of doing things just don't work anymore. So she is, in my opinion, a very interesting success story. I've loved watching her from afar, and today we get to connect and see how her journey has unfolded. I've got news for you guys. It's very weird, but very cool, and she is a very, very interesting person to get to know. So with that, joining me today, the founder of Engerotics, Raven Faber. So we're here with Raven Faber, longtime friend, somebody who I've known for a quite a few Long years time. at this point, <laughs> more Long than 10 time. at least, right? Um, and, you know, she has been showing up in my feed a lot lately. She's been doing some very interesting things. She has a highly unusual story. Uh, she is somebody who I really respect what she's doing. And I won't explain more, but I will let you explain. So give us the paragraph summary of who you are and what you're up to. Sure. I should say that everything in my world... Uh seems pretty normal to me. So I often forget that. <laughs> like I forget, I forget what, um, you know, how others, um, like what it's like to be an outsider looking in, but, um, yeah. Like, where do you want me to start? Do you want the elevator pitch or, um, yeah, like the what? elevator pitch. I mean, let's, let's start with, so you obviously have your own company. So yeah, give us the elevator pitch for your company. And maybe we'll just kind of go into some specifics about how you got started. Okay. Well, um, Engerotics is short for Engineered Erotics. And uh, we're an engineering company that specializes in the design and development of sex toys, as well as the formulation and manufacture of CBD-infused intimate body care products. Um, we work on these things because neither one of these verticals are regulated for safety, quality, or efficacy. Um, in the case of vibrators, dildos, things like that, um, those are not, you know, regulated for safety for the body, material safety, mm -hmm. um, the internal components are not, there are no standards there. So there's nothing stopping manufacturers from building subpar products, things that, you know, might be made of toxic materials that could electrocute you, injure you in some way internally. Jeez. Um, when Yikes. it comes to CBD, yeah, for real, for real. A lot <laughs> of people assume that's terrifying. Yeah, it is, and and people have gotten injured um, in oh that God. way. Um, you okay. don't hear about it, right? Because people don't really want to talk about it. Like, there's a lot of stigma and shame there. But I mean, yeah. you've seen sex sent me to the ER. I mean, you know, you ask any ER nurse, any ER doctor, you know, how often somebody comes in with something stuck up their backside that doesn't belong there. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, you know, it's either, you know, a dangerous product, lack of education, like using something that shouldn't be going in an orifice to begin with, um, or using the wrong product for the job. So, um, on the CBD side, um, very much the same thing. I mean, this is much more widely publicized because, you know, CBD and cannabis is now on trend and, sure. uh, much more socially acceptable than it was before. Um, but there are no um, standards or formulation guidelines there either. Um, very much the Wild West. So there's nothing um, holding manufacturers accountable for the safety, mm. quality, and efficacy of those products. Um, wow. You know, engineers are here to help keep the public at large safe. I'm an engineer by profession, but you already knew that. Um, and, you know, there's a standard, there's a guideline for everything that we do, design, formulate, everything. Um and that's in the, you know, in the interest of keeping the public at large safe. So, sure. um, you know, for me as an engineer, it doesn't really make sense that, you know, we have these products that are being used, you know, externally, internally, you know, by yourself with a friend. And, you know, yeah. in the case of CBD, things that are being, you know, inhaled, um, taken sublingually, ingested, used topically, yeah. doesn't make sense to me that there are these products, um, you know, that aren't, you know, there's nothing holding manufacturers accountable. They should be safe as right. well. So, yeah. 
So, all right. So how do you make the jump from engineering to this? Where did the idea come from? <laughs> so, um, so when, um, this was, you know, you had already known me for quite some time by this point. Um, so this actually started um, in my early 20s. So I'm 34 now. So this would have been um, when I was, uh, I was 21 going on 22. So I, I think this was like February of 2008, which was the year, um, my senior year of undergrad school. And uh, so I actually started in direct sales. Um, okay. I went to a sex toy party and I was like, this is awesome. I had a lot of fun. And yeah. really like the thing that I noticed was that the consultant was making bank. Like wow. she was making bank and I like, even I spent more money than I was like, I would go to this party and I'm not going to buy anything. And, um, that turned into, well, you know, I can spend 25, 30 bucks. Well, now I can spend 50 bucks. I think I spent like 80 or a hundred bucks or something on, on is, that, is, that a, is that a commission based business or what's, how are they making that money? So direct sales, um, yeah, yeah. So, so direct sales. And I know like I'm, I'm giving the caveat that, um, direct sales then was not really what it is now. Um, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of reasons why people are demonizing it now. Um, but you know, I have to say like back then it was like, you know, all hustle. There was like no Facebook groups, no Facebook right. lives, or, you know, you weren't getting added to these annoying groups or anything like that. So, you know, so basically, um, you know, it's like, it, it, it's like when you, when you buy from any distributor. So, mm -hmm. you know, a direct sales company, um, you know, they buy from their home office, which is essentially, you know, a product distribution company um, that supports the direct, this direct sales company. Sure. And so you wholesale from them and you sell it at retail price. Um, and so you're making um, a certain percentage, a certain margin off of everything that you sell. And because this is the direct sales model, you know, the home office rewards you for, you know, your sales and yada, yada, yada. It, it varies from company to company, but that's, that's okay. kind of the gist. Um, and, you know, they have these incentives because, you know, they want you to place more orders, um, right. you know, get more product, you know, they make money that way. And then, you know, if you're able to move product, which not everybody can, you know, like, you know, it's not nearly as easy as what uh, a lot of consultants would have you believe. But I'm a really good salesperson. So anyway. So you saw so, yeah. this and you're mm -hmm. like, wow, what is this? I want a piece of this or I want to do yeah. that or, or I want to do better than that or. Well, I mean, I was always really interested in sex and very open and you know, just very curious, very open. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was never. um people came to me for sex advice on the regular. Right. And so I had no issue talking about sex. I never had a desire to be in direct sales. Um, you know, I didn't want to sell candles, didn't want to sell clothing, makeup, purses. I like none of that stuff. I was never really interested in that, but I never, like I went to this, this party and I was like, huh, you know, maybe this is something that I could do. And so, um, yeah. so I decided to, to give it a try. Um, and I figured, well, let me just do this, um, through grad school. I was getting ready to go into grad school and, you know, it was a two year program. I finished in a year and a half. Um, but what I didn't know is that I was really good at sales and I really enjoyed talking about sex. Um, so that's like a really like long version of like a very short question, but I was doing direct sales, like doing sex toy parties, presentations, okay. things like that. Um, like for, for 10 years, you know, while I was working as a structural engineer in the corporate world. So, you know, I would work as a structural that's, engineer during the week. That's awesome. And I do parties <laughs> on the weekend just, you know, that just for awesome. fun. Just because yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's that's So it was, that's a, it was how, a side hustle, basically. A, a side mm -hmm. hustle for 10 years. Okay. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it was. I just, you know, just, it was fun. I enjoyed talking about vibrators. I yeah. enjoyed talking about sex. Um you know, it's like it, direct sales is something different for everybody. I mean, for me, that's how I learned. Like, that's where I really got my foundations in, um, you know, things like selling, you know, sales as a whole, yeah. networking, trade shows, vendor events, mm -hmm. um, you know, how to set up a booth, you know, how to talk to people at a trade show, following up, you know. Um, the, the fine art of, you know, reaching out to somebody who's only met you one time and, you know, not, you know, it, it's how I learned how to, how to sell, but like, mm -hmm. I don't like, you know, I wouldn't, 
I'll just put it this way. I think if you're a good salesperson, you should use your powers for good. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, so the, the anti Jordan Belfort model, right? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah. So, um, but, but, you know, aside from all the sales experience, um, it's also how I learned about the gaps in the market in the intimacy industry, um, you know, where the designs were falling short. I learned about mm. toxic materials um, on my own. Like, there were a lot of things that I was learning outside of the direct sales model that didn't really add up with the science that I was becoming familiar with. Um, You know, at the time, um, direct sales, and I don't know how it is now. I haven't been like, I left that world to start Engerotics and I left the corporate world to really like run. Well, I didn't know I was running with Engerotics at the time, but um, you know, at the time, um, you know, with the companies that I represented, it was a very, um, you know, uh, cisgendered heteronormative, focus. Mm, And so the pitch was like, we're going to do these ladies only parties, have a girl's night with your friends. Like, it'll be great. And that was cool until I realized that it wasn't inclusive. Like I was beginning to meet all sorts of women. Mm. Um, and so I was meeting, um, I was meeting women, um, who had, you know, started their journey. Like they were in the middle of their transition, Mm. Um, into their authentic self, you know, meaning that, you know, they had been assigned biological sex of male at birth. Um, but now they're, you know, they're on this journey and I'm going to be who I am. Um, right. and so I'm going to, you know, present, I'm going to live, I'm going to be who I am. Sure. So yeah. there's a, a conversation that I'll never forget. I remember I called, uh, you know, I forgot who I was representing at the time, but I called the home office and I said, Hey, Um, you know, I have a party coming up and I've been informed that there are a couple of ladies there. They're, uh, they're in transition. And what's the policy on this? And the answer was like, well, if they have a penis, they can't come. Hmm. Okay. So here's the deal. Like, I'm not going to, um, ask for women to pull up their skirts. I'm not going to reach down their pants to feel around right. for testicles. Sure. It's, it's not any of my damn business. Like, you know, it's like, and, and I just, I've never forgotten that conversation. Um, it's so hard, you know, from what I can tell. And, you know, I'm, I'm heterosexual. I'm a cisgender woman. Um, you know, I've, was born female, have always identified as female. So I, I, I don't know what this is like from a, a, a firsthand experience. Um, but mm-hmm. what I can tell you is that it looks like there's a lot of BS that um, people who are just trying to live, it, there's a lot of BS that, that they have to put up with. And yeah. there was just, you know, I'm not going to add to it. Like I want right. to welcome people. Like I want right. to, you know, and so um, that conversation, there was like a shift there it didn't really align with my values. It didn't really align with my morals. And I'm just like, you know, who am I to like, who am I to judge? Like, who am I to tell somebody, look, you are not welcome here. You know, you're not enough of a female for me to like, seriously. So like their money's green. Like everybody's (laughs) money, they got green money too. (laughs) You true. know, so, so yeah, so that was, you know, at the time, and again, I don't know what it's like now, but very much like, you know, heteronormative, cisgendered, right. like we're going to focus on, you know, uh, heterosexual couplings, we're going to focus on cisgendered women, there really weren't any product offerings that included, um, you know, lesbian couples, um, there definitely wasn't anything for people um, who uh, I identified as uh, non-binary, like that wasn't even like part of the, like, you know, but I met people like that too. They're like, well, am I welcome? Um, I don't really identify as either. Now at the time, this was like 2008, like, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, um, long time ago. Like we were not having the discussions then that we are now. And I never heard about somebody like, you know, because for so long, you know, we, we're all, you know, you're a girl or a boy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so this was like my first introduction to um, 
well, could people be gender fluid? Well, this person is telling me that they're gender fluid. Like, can I sit here and honestly tell them that why would they lie about this? And so basically what I was doing was like, listen, if you're here for the party, um, I need, it's supposed to be for, uh, you know, ladies only, but if you're here for the party and, you know, you identify as, as a lady or you're somewhere like, you know, maybe you're like 80% there and you got, you know, 20% over here, like mm-hmm. whatever. Like I ended up just doing what felt right. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and it's like, I can go on and on all day, but that that's an example of, uh, one of the reasons why, um, you know, direct sales was cool until it wasn't. And I really started thinking about, um, you know, I have more to offer. Like this is not really jiving with who I am as a person. You're, you're noticing some trends. You're saying, okay, I'm noticing that these materials aren't looking so good. I'm noticing that the vibe and the rules aren't looking so good. So there's just a few things that you're kind of noticing over time. Oh yeah. And you're like, okay, this isn't right. That's not right. Yeah. And then the materials to do it yourself. There were plenty of products that were good, but I mean, there were a number of products I'd get them and I'm like, why was it designed this way? Hmm. Um, You know, like, and, 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 you know, the misconceptions, uh, the misconceptions when it comes to, you know, sex toy materials, like, you know, everybody's been told, you know, you can't use silicone lubricant with a silicone toy. Um, that's not true as long as you're using a good high quality silicone lubricant with a good high quality silicone toy, you know, it's like silicone isn't going to react with silicone. Silicone is going to react with the fillers, you know, in Mm. either in the lube or in the toy. And, you know, silicone is not a cheap material, uh, to manufacture with. It's why you pay top dollar for say, you know, a Tantus dildo. Um, if you're not familiar with Tantus, like they're, you know, they're, they're one of the, companies that often comes highly recommended for anybody that's looking for a top-notch high quality toy they want to get like they want to get what they're paying for tantus um the mercedes of of (laughs) you know well-made um silicone uh you know so it's like people you know people weren't realizing that you know the the material on their best silicone spatula has the same material properties as a well-made dildo like people people could not they they could not compute that you know Mm. um you know so a lot of misconceptions from that front um another story that i like to tell (laughs) so bdsm so we all remember when 50 shades of gray came out um everybody remembers you know everybody remembers when 50 shades of gray came out and um you know as somebody who knows quite a bit about BDSM and kink. Um, I saw, you know, I read the books. I'm not going to lie. I read, I read all three of them and I okay. read the four. Yeah, yeah, I read them. <laughs> um, you know, more so out of my own curiosity where, you know, it's like, it, it's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it really was. I wanted to see what the hype was about, but you know, be, like 50 shades of gray was not, um, this, that's not what kink is about. It's not what BDSM is about. And so when that came out, I was still in the world of direct sales. And, um, and so now all of a sudden, like we're being offered, you know, okay, well, we're going to give you consultants training for if your, um, your hostess says they want to have a 50 shades of gray party and we're going to offer like, you know, this gray tie and 50 shades of gray crap. So you can like get on the, get on the bandwagon, you know, cause we're going to write, yeah. you know, and, and right. we're going to, but you know, and, and it's like, I couldn't in good conscience do that because 50 shades of gray. That's not, that's not a how to manual for healthy BDSM. That's not how a BDSM relationship works. It's not. Um, and everybody who knows anything about kink in the kink community knows that they recognize that right away. So, you know, I would be asked, Hey, you know, we want to book party with you. Um, would you do a uh, 50 shades of gray party? And I'd say no, <laughs> absolutely not. Wow. But I'll do a kink 101 or oh. an intro to BDSM party sure. for you. Like I'll give you the real real about what kink and BDSM is actually about, but I'm okay. not going to do this party based on this uh, this poorly written drivel. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. So, but but then it dawned on me like. You know, 
why aren't like, I, and I'm, I'm a consultant in the direct sales world. I'm like, well, I know a lot about kink. Like how come nobody's asking me or, or like taking it a step further. This, this company has money. Why are they not hiring a professional dominatrix to come in mm-hmm. and offer training to the consultants? If they really want to educate about kink, why yeah. have they not, you know, things that make you go, Hmm. So anyway, um, so, you know, so it, it was like, you know, you know, all this is going on and I'm working, you know, as a structural engineer during the day, right. <laughs> like designing I buildings and stuff like that. It's awesome. Um, and this didn't happen overnight. Like this sure. is a journey. Like you don't know what you don't know. And so in the beginning, in my early twenties, I'm 22 years old and I'm like, I want to make some money. I like sex toys. I like talking about sex. And it went from, um, you know, I, I'm, I want to try this to, I'm really good at sales. Like I like selling to, you know, I don't know if this really jives with who I am or what I believe in. And, Oh, look, this is really poorly made. Um, you know, why aren't engineers working on this? So it was a long, it was, you know, it it was not something like, Oh, Hey, I know what's wrong with this. Like this was definitely something that over a period of time, long period of time. Right. Yeah. So, so at some point, did you start looking for manufacturers or did you start diving into like, okay, what would it take to actually make one of these things or, (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I was, there was actually a point in time where I was like, you know, I was pouring silicone in my kitchen, just playing around with it. You were trying to do it yourself. Okay. I didn't even know what I didn't, I didn't even have a name for the company. Honestly, like when I started thinking about going out on my own and creating something, I didn't even know what it looked like. I didn't know what we were going to do. I didn't know what was what I would call it. All I knew was that there was this need and a void and I wanted to fill it somehow. And I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know Mm -hmm. if that meant I was manufacturing in, you know, or building prototypes in my kitchen. I didn't know, like, I didn't have a business plan. I just had, it was like, you know, this, this drive, like, I I feel like I want to go in this direction. Um, so I, and I spent a good bit of time talking to, um, the founder, former founder of a company called Orgasmatronics. Um, they're no longer in business. I believe they went under in 2016, but okay. I was introduced to the founder and, um, and their team. Um, well, I guess like once you're a founder, I shouldn't say former founder, but whatever. Anyway, so basically Orgasmatronics, um, was that doing sound, this that thing. sounds like uh, that sounds like a band name that I would have made. Like, <laughs> man, I, I wish <laughs> I wish I toured as a DJ with that name. You, you, you still you still can. Uh, ah, you, man, you, yeah, <laughs> give it up totally for Trotters. Yes. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Sorry, that was really. too good. Uh, no, it really, I mean, I was like, I was, I was blown away. Awesome. When I was, I was like, really, what is this? This sounds like all engineering and stuff. And it was, um, True. Yeah. it was founded by, um, a, a physicist, a physicist, oh um, okay. a PhD. The and i like, never heard of, you know, like, you know, Dr. Vibrator over here, like, you know, but that's what he was doing. He was using his background in, you know, science and engineering and physics Right. Um, to build better sex stuff. And I was like, that is what I want to do. So I started hanging out with him. I wasn't a part of the company, but I went to their warehouse. I went to their workshop, um, to see what they were building. And I was like, you know, like, this is kind of what I want to do. And I just wanted to poke around and learn about you guys and this, that, and the other, but they were essentially, um, and I mean, during this time, like, um, gosh, I think, um, I can't remember when Oh My Bod was founded. Um, but Oh My Bod, I believe was founded in the early aughts too, but there were certainly companies. Oh My Bod is the vibrator that, you know, the iPod, you know, if you plug your iPod into it. Um, uh, we have a mutual friend that gave me one of those. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> um, but oh. what I'm saying is that there were companies that were doing, um, what we now know as sex tech before okay. sex tech even had a name. So I didn't even know what I was doing. Like I had, didn't have a no business plan. I was still working sure. full time. I was like, I just, I, there's something that I want to do. I just wasn't sure what. So I was like pouring silicone. I was buying motors and tinkering with them. Wow. I was hooking them up to batteries and making sketches. 
but I had no idea. Like I didn't even know, like, and so this would have been, gosh, I think at this point in time, um, man, I was in my late, my late twenties. So maybe 26, 27 years old. I'm like, have okay. to go back in my head and think about where I was living and was I married and who was I living with? So I would have been like yeah. 26, 27, I believe. Um, I just knew that I wanted to do something and I wanted to contribute. It was like I was being pushed in this direction, but I couldn't see more than three feet in front of my face. Didn't even really know, like didn't have a destination, couldn't see the horizon. It just yeah. felt like, huh, I should go this way. <laughs> like, this, right. you know, um, and that's kind of where it started. But really, if I'm being honest, um, the idea just kind of sat on the shelf for like, I didn't know, like, you know, and, uh, I was like, well, that would be cool, but I don't even know. So no, I wasn't looking for manufacturers. Didn't know what I wanted okay. to design. Didn't, you were trying even, to build it yourself first, basically. Like tinkering with, yeah, yeah, like, you know, what, what could, what could we build? And, you know, and it would come and it would go because, um, well, you know, at that point in time, like I really did believe that I was going to climb the corporate ladder as an engineer. Like I didn't, you know, like starting a business. Oh yeah. That's, that's a big deal. And I didn't think I would be ready for that. I mean, I'm in my late twenties. Like I'm not going to be ready to, you know, do something on my own until I'm like 40. Like I thought it was like this thing way out in the distance. So, huh. um, so I knew I wanted to contribute, but I didn't really recognize it as I'm going to start a company. I'm going to start a startup. It just felt more like, huh, this seems fun. Maybe I should explore it. And that's really what it was at the time. Um, that's, that's crazy. Okay. So you're starting to get more involved. At what point did you, um, at what point did you set up the company and you say like, okay, now I'm setting out on my own. <laughs> so I set up the company out of boredom because okay. I didn't have anything to do. So when I founded Engerotics, um, the official birthday of Engerotics is, uh, July 20th, 2016. Okay. And I was a new mom. Um, uh, my son was, uh, he was, uh, well, he was, seven months old, going on eight months old. Um, so I was a new mom, had a baby, and I had been on maternity leave for a couple of months. Like I was, I was away longer than what most people were um, because at the time I was a structural engineer in oil and gas. Um, and at the time, the price of oil had tanked. Um, all of my projects at work were, there was nothing to do. Like they were all on hold. There weren't any wow. new projects coming in. And okay. so I really wanted to get back to work because, you know, it's like, you know, we live in the U.S. You don't get like I didn't get a paid maternity leave. My husband, no. though, he got paid paternity leave, which was awesome. So he was home with me for eight weeks or eight weeks. Yeah, eight weeks, I think. Um, and, you know, and I was out for a couple of months and not making any money. And it's like, well, I'd like to start making money again. I'd like to start using my brain again. And so I went back to work and I got back to work and, you know, things still weren't moving. Uh, my projects weren't moving. There was nothing to do. And I sat on overhead for months. Um, it was awful. Uh, you know, and it's like, I know when we're younger, like we're like, oh, it'd be super cool to show up at work and do nothing and make a lot of money. I'm going to tell <laughs> you, man, that Good. sucks. That, that sucks. I was so bored, you know, to sit eight hours, right. <laughs> you know, no yeah, sense I mean, of purpose, no made a lot of money, but I'm not yeah. using my brain. And I was bitter because I had a hard time. Like, you know, as every new mom does, like my son's in daycare yeah. and it's the middle of the summer. I'm like, we could be at the pool. We could be at the splash park. We could be sure. going, like I could be spending time with my son, Man, that is but so instead true. I got this corporate job that I have to do and I'm not even doing anything because I'm on right. overhead. So then I was like, well, I guess it's time to start that business. Um, you yeah. know, I'm like thinking about it at home. It's like, well, I need something um, to do. Like it gave me time to think because I didn't have any, like I wasn't focusing on anything. Like I didn't have anything at work to worry about. I didn't have, like, I didn't have anything to like, oh, well, I need to, you know, I need to worry about this thing. Like I got to solve this problem at work. There weren't any problems to solve. So, you know, I'm at home and I'm like, well, I mean, I may as well, like, you know, cause it looks like all I have is myself, like, you know, there's nothing to do at work. And, 
you know, I could just sit there and brainstorm ideas and think about what I want to build. Yeah. Um, and so that's really like, that's really how it happened. Um, because I didn't really have anything at my day job to really pour myself into. Sure. Um, and it changed. I mean, and you know, it, it, it changed, we got busier again. Um, but you know, when all you're left to is like, you know, trying to look busy at work, uh, that's, and, not, uh, that's not a good sign yeah. surfing the internet. Oh man, it sucked. And I wasn't right. the only person in that boat. Like right. there are so many people that just, there was no work to do. I'm yeah. surprised no one got laid off. Um, wow. cause there wasn't any work to do. Um, so, so yeah, so it was like, well, I don't have anything else to do. I don't have anything to worry about. Um, like I may as well just register my company name and think about what exactly I would like to do. I mean, what else am I going to do? So that's, you know, that I was just, I was pissed off. Um, you know, cause I didn't have anything. I didn't have any, I didn't feel like I had much of a purpose. Like I knew I was yeah. a mom and I had plenty of purpose there, but it's like, I don't have anything. Like even when I leave my son during the day and I go to this job, that's paying me a lot of money and giving me these benefits. I'm going there and it feels like my soul is being sucked out of my body because I don't sure. have any purpose there. Like there's yeah. nothing to do. I need something to work on. I needed a project. So I started in drawings, you know, like, yep. Yep. well, gives me something to do. Yeah. So let's, all right, flash forward to today. You're, you're starting to make some real waves with the company. So explain like, so now four years on, what are some of the things, like, where's your head at right now? What are you working on at the moment? What's Oh gosh. Uh, besides surviving the pandemic. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, with with a kid, believe me, I know with, that you know, one. With, with, with kids. You That's know, a like, lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's like, you know, metaphorically and literally surviving the pandemic. Um, sure, yeah. honestly, I mean, we've been kicking ass. I'm so, that's what it looks like. Yeah. I'm so humbled and thankful, sure. um, for, um, like, I'm, I'm really thankful that I took that leap, you know, like when I, when I left my job, yeah. I didn't know that I, I didn't know that this is what I was going to be doing. And when I, when I took, when I took this on full time, I didn't know that this is where we were going to be um, at all. But um, so we are this close. We're real close um, to being in stores. Um, we were recently um, oh, a part exciting. of AVN Virtual Vibe, um, okay. which they normally do like they have in-person meetings. Essentially, it's just, you know, it's a trade show um, where uh, potential buyers have meetings with vendors. So, I got to talk to, you know, Babeland, Good Vibrations. I got to talk to um, Adam and Eve. I got to talk to the Museum of Sex out of New York City. Um, talked to a number of um, small boutiques, mom and pop uh, type, you know, small independent sex shops, erotic boutiques, that sort of thing. Um, and so it's an opportunity for, you know, manufacturers to connect with stores, distribution companies, things like that. Um, that was highly successful. Um, I like to joke and say, man, it nearly killed me because it was like, man, back to back meetings for, you know, this was like, you know, a couple days, week one, and then like three days of back to back meetings in week two. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, since that time, since I started the company, I mean, we have had a ton of sales, like our annual revenue, like increases with each passing year. Um, it looks like we're on track to like do even better than we did in 2019. Um, you know, we've gotten a lot of interest from people who have stores. We're talking to two distribution companies, um, wow. you know, and, and stores like oftentimes stores will buy from a distribution company. It's kind of similar to direct sales, like, you know, but it's, but you know, just a different business model. Um, so buying wholesale from your distributor and then, you know, you, you stock your inventory in your store and sell retail, that sort of thing. So, um, I mean, it's been huge and, you know, seeing as how like, you know, the CBD portion of our product mm. line has only been a thing since, I mean, since 2018. So where did, yeah. How did, where did that come about? How did that <laughs> enter the mix? Um, so, um, I was still working full time. Okay. Um, and I was running are, are you, now you're not now you're not working. Are you full time and gerotics now? Yeah. Yeah. I have been okay, for a okay. while, but, but okay, when CBD it, yeah. became a thing, like when that yeah. showed up on, on our radar, I was still working full time. 
Okay. Um, and that's important because um, at the firm that I was at um, and at many engineering firms, um, you know, drug tests are a thing. Um, I hadn't used cannabis in quite some time. So I wasn't using THC. I wasn't using CBD. So really what happened is one of the people um, in our, we have a private Facebook group. Um, you're mm-hmm. welcome to be a part of it. You might already be in there. I don't know. Anyway, somebody <laughs> yeah, in there. I, could, so, I, I probably accepted whatever you sent my way. I don't probably, if you're not in there, I'll push you in there. Um, so somebody in there was like, hey, you know, what do you know about um, cannabis lubes? What do you know about CBD, THC? Uh, and I okay. said, not a damn thing. Like, I know about THC. I didn't really know anything about CBD, but I wasn't using it because I was still working full time. And, um, and I didn't want to lose my job. It was a zero tolerance yeah. policy. No, you don't. Yeah. And it's yeah. So it's like, I didn't really know, like, it's like, I didn't, you know, didn't smoke weed, didn't use yeah. topicals, didn't use, like none of that. Um, and so I was like, you know, like, I don't really know. I've been out of that. I've been out of that loop for a while. Um, but I definitely asked Facebook and I had a number of people respond. Um, one of those was actually Devin. And, um, you know, and, uh, Devin, you know, because, is, Devin is a mutual friend. He's also a, somebody who created and sold a company, yeah. a CBD coffee company, yeah, Devin Jammer, yeah. Steep Fuse Coffee. Oh yeah. Devin and I went to, uh, you know, we went to high school together. So I mean, yeah. and, and that's there, the it, connection. That's how mm-hmm. he was my college roommate. And that's how you and I met. Yeah. That's how we, that's how you and I met. Yeah. Um, so so, you know, I got a lot of input from him. I got a lot of input from a number of other people that, you know, were active cannabis users. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, what is this? Like, what can I, you know, what do I tell my clients? Because we don't offer this. And I'm, you know, and at the time I wasn't really, didn't really make the connection of like, maybe we should get involved. But long story short, you know, somebody suggested, hey, Maybe you want to create, maybe you should create a CBD infused line for sex stuff. And I was like, oh, hmm. and, and I also didn't realize that CBD, the CBD industry was lacking in the same regulations and design standards, things like that, that sex toys were. Um, and so once I realized that these were very good products that would go together, um, comparable, like yeah. uh, not compl- uh, complimentary products is what I'm trying to say. Um, one could be used to enhance the experience of the other. I was like, this is awesome. And since people are pretty much just making whatever the hell they want, yeah. like there's a very distinct need for, um, um, for a knowledge of engineering and science and math in this. So, Absolutely. Um, and I spent a lot of time, you know, talking to Devin about, about that. And, and the one piece of advice that he gave me um, that I've never forgotten, uh, that I have now repeated to a number of people that want to get on that path and have something to do um, with cannabis, CBD. You know, him and I, we were actually having lunch. We were at Fate in Boulder. And I was showing him, like, hey, what do you think? Like, we have this prototype, and it was what would later become our South Stick. And he said, you know, if you want to get into CBD, um, you gotta be in or you're out. Like you can't, like, there's no dipping your toe in the water. It is a commitment. Like you, Mm. like you, you really have to want to be in it. And at the time I wasn't sure if I wanted to be in it. I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, man, that sounds scary. Like, do I want to deal with this? Um, but now like two years later, um, now I get it because it's been such a journey and it's been such a commitment to, um, refine what we do and to make like and to really stand out I was like yeah this is like it is it is just as much a commitment as it is on the intimacy device side because you really have to bring your a-game you really have to know your stuff you really have to be you know you really have to be bringing the noise on it you know if you really want to make any sort of impact um in this industry so, um, so, you know, Engerotics was started in 2016. We, we started as a sex tech company. Um, we were dabbling in CBD in December of 2017. We didn't offer it for sale until um, sometime, you know, tail end of winter of 2018. And it's now 2020 and we're really close to being in stores. So the journey has been really short um, wow. when you Incredible. think about Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Um, I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it's been it's been Good crazy. For you. Yeah, um, that's awesome. 
it seems like a lot of these opportunities just kind of showed up and I'm like, cool, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Let's. <laughs> well, you're definitely so, doing the right things. I mean, you were, you were putting yourself out there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, do, it does appear that, uh, that sales is one of the best ways to lead towards entrepreneurship. You know, that people who are skilled in sales often find themselves like, I don't know if you are, you're familiar with Sarah Blakely, but it seems to yeah, me like yeah. you're kind of on, you're on yeah, a Sarah were, Blakely trajectory. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, You'll yeah. be Sarah Blakely 2.0 perhaps. I mean, but well, she, you know, I see a lot of parallels of there. She, she did yeah. a lot of hustle. If I remember correctly, she wrote her own patent. She, she did, was yeah. like approaching textile factories. And, yeah. and, you know, listen, like I, like, you know, I, I'm not like a lot of entrepreneurs, like, they start their businesses, their companies, and they're already well connected, well connected. Like, you know, yep. if they don't have the capital, they already know who does, like they already know how to get in front of VCs or, you know, who to have lunch with. Um, you know, a lot of people do a friends and family round and they raise several million or, you know, 1 million or, you know, several hundred thousand or whatever. Right. I never did. Um, you know, I never did. I didn't even bother with that. I'm like, that just seems like so, you know, um, so I mean, for me, it was like a lot of Googling, a lot of reading, a lot of falling on my ass. Like, you know, there are a lot of things that I just didn't know. And I had to pick up the pieces afterwards. Like, you know, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family too. Um, you know, we, I come from That's a very good. entrepreneurial family. Um, That's great. but the way that I'm trying to do it, like we're talking about like, you know, investors and things like that, like. There, there are a lot of people that, I mean, I just don't really have, like, in my immediate circle in my family, like, there really right. wasn't anybody to, like, to give me that sort of advice. Um, and the person who um, taught me the most about business, um, that would be my grandpa. Well, you know, he, um, he actually died well before I ever got on this journey. Mm. Um, so it's like, I find myself like, well, gee, I wonder what he would have to say about that. Um, yeah. But he's no longer here. Um, so... You know, so I, I pretty much had to take what I knew and just kind of, yeah. you know, cobble together some sort of plan um, and follow my intuition. I mean, it sounds like, you know, new agey and cliche, right. but, but it's the truth. But it's the I truth, mean, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's do a couple rapid fire questions now. Just a okay. few. All right. So um, let's see. What is something that you believe that almost nobody else believes? Oh, gosh. Uh, huh. <laughs> was something that I believe that almost nobody else believes. Um, man, that's a good question. I would say, I would say that, um, gosh, Ross, that's a really good question. Boom. Almost nobody, <laughs> the, boom. All right. I know it's supposed to be rapid fire, but, but nobody else believes. Um, you know, I, I, I would, I'm just shot in the dark. I, I'm pretty sure that most people wouldn't believe this. Um, but really, like, just about every decision that I've made on this journey, um, it hasn't been based off of, like, a super long, detailed analysis. There's been plenty of that, too. You know, you can't argue with numbers. But much of this has just been um, gut feel. Um, you know, in fact, even the way that I got here, like, you know, in, in, you know, running this company, it felt like I was being pushed out of my comfort zone, like by something bigger than myself. Mm. Um, and I know that there are going to be people that believe that, um, but there are going to be a number of people that probably just like, what do you mean you were cosmically pushed out of your right. job? But that's kind of how it felt like, because, felt um, you know, it just didn't feel like the right place to be. So, I mean, I would say that, um, you know, in a nutshell, intuition got me here. And wow. once I started following my gut and my intuition, it seemed like the path hasn't been easy, Yeah. but it seems like, you know, the resources were available. Things started happening. Like things started them. happening. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Now, would you say that that feedback was that sort of, immediate or would you say like like were there small signs that you were heading the right way from the start or were oh, there big yeah. periods where you just had massive doubts or oh there's still periods where i have massive doubts <laughs> okay, I mean, every, yeah, every, sure. every entrepreneur you right. know, does that but it, i will say that every time i go through a period of massive doubt and this is something that i would talk to devin 
about too. I'm like, Hey, did you ever think about shutting down your coffee company? He's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, every time I would feel that way and I would get into this pit of despair, it seems yeah. like, you know, an hour later, a day later, something would happen that would random that I wasn't looking for. That would remind me, Hey, this is still cool. And it would show up like in the form of like an unusually large sale or, you know, somebody randomly asking me, was I looking for investors or, you know, a mm. connection that, you know, something like that, that would make me, oh, okay, maybe I am on the right path. Sure. Um, there are still little signs along the way, but in the beginning, cool. um, in the very, very beginning, you know, when I quit my job and I quit my job and I didn't have another job lined up, like that's right. the thing I did, you know, I needed, I needed out I, and I decided I was going to take a break. So I, I took a break for like two months and I was like, I'm going to take a break for two months. Then I'll start looking for another full-time position. Um, and during that time, I, you know, I, I had the time to work on Engerotics full-time because I was at home and I was not going to work every day. And during that time, things started happening. Like it was just like little things like, you know, more sales, more followers, like things mm. started happening. And I began to wonder like, huh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll wait until the new year to look for another job. Sure. And the new year came and went and incredible things were still happening with the business, more sales, more attention. And then, you know, by Christmas time, you know, I sat down with my husband and I said, you know, what if this is what I did for a living? Like, what if I actually you know, like what if the, what, if, what if this is what I tried, what I, what I did with my time, like as a career. And, um, so yeah, plenty of little signs along the way. Um, most people miss those though. Yeah. I think a lot of people miss those if I'm being wow, honest. That's profound. Yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't pay attention to them. A lot of people don't. I think a lot of people, um, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I'm an engineer. Yeah. So, I mean, math, numbers, science, logic, that always, that, all of that makes a ton of sense to me. But right. when you don't read in between the lines and you, you know, you don't pay attention to the nuances, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's like, I had this conversation with my husband last night. It's like, you know, I was thinking about, I need X number of dollars to take engerotics from here to here. But sure. what I forgot to think about was like, you know, and I had to shift my thinking um, you know, Engerotics has plenty. We have plenty. Like there are things that are happening in the background just because it has not shown up in my bank account yet does not mean that things are not coming together behind the scenes. Like mm -hmm. the work, like I have to let the, I have to let it, I have to let it do its thing um, sure. before things can come together. So, um, and I think a lot of people miss that. A lot of people kind of just, you know, throw their intuition to the wayside um, you know, they miss the signs as it were. Right. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, all right. So another quick question, what, what, are, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received on this path? <laughs> Follow your intuition. I mean, honestly, seriously, was that, um, was that advice or is that a Raven original? <laughs> I mean, so, Oh, well, the best piece of advice that I yeah, got third, from somebody, third party, oh, third party advice, advice third party that advice. helped you. Oh gosh. Um, you know, I'd say that, um, I'd say that it's some like variation of, I don't remember exactly what was said to me, but it was like the, along the lines of like not taking any bullshit and knowing your worth and being confident in your worth. It's essentially like, you know, um, you know, Raven, you know what you bring to the table don't let anybody tell you that you don't know what you're talking about. Nobody knows this company better than you do. Nobody's going to love your company the way that you do. Um, don't let, don't ever let anybody, you know, discredit you or undermine you or try to wow. shake your confidence. Um, and that served me really well. It serves me well in my personal life too, but you know, it, it, it's like, and I've had, you know, I've, I've been in meetings where, you know, somebody was interested in doing business with me. Like I had, there was one meeting I had some time ago, this was a few years ago. And, you know, within the first 10 minutes, this dude was like, oh, well, you know, I probably know more about what you're doing than you ever will. Like, that's how he like jumped into the, 
Awesome. And I was like, that sounds fun. You know, so, um, so yeah, some, some paraphrased variation of knowing your worth and, you know, and not letting, you know, not letting somebody talk down to you and like, Oh, you know, you, you don't know what you're doing, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, that, that, that helps a lot. You know, it reminds me that we do the things that we do for a reason. We price the things that we have for a reason. We're growing the way that we are for a reason. Um, no, I don't have to let you invest in my company. We don't have any investors anyway. Like I own 100% of the company. Excellent. That's um, awesome. No, we don't have to make, make X, Y, Z, you know, like, yep. yeah. So yeah, that's been very helpful. Cool. All right. Well, I got one last one for you. Um, Are you living your dream currently or what would that look like if not yet? (laughs) Um, I'm living my dream as best I can given the current circumstances. Yeah. I mean, we have to with a giant, with a giant (laughs) fucking asterisk, asterisk (laughs) massive asterisk. I mean, I would say, (laughs) I would say, yeah, I would say, yeah, because even though we're in the middle of a global pandemic and everything like, it, it sucks. It really does. But I just told my husband last night, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I don't know what I would do if I was still in the corporate world and I was trying to be here for my kids and you, you know, cause he's been working from home and yeah. you're working from home and I was working from home or if I had right. to go into the office, right. I feel so thankful that I have this business, one of two that I own, um, that I have this startup that's thriving, that's growing, that is never going to go out of style. Like people are taking this time because they're at home with their partners and all we have, all like, you know, it's like, what, what are you going to do when you're at home? And you have the time, like, you know, know, (laughs) it's good that we are, you know, we're on that vasectomy thing over here, you know, where there are no more babies, No more babies. but there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, um, but, you know, I feel so fortunate that, you know, I've got this business that I've created sure. that not only is, you know, surviving, it's thriving and it's growing and there's been more demand for it. But even more than that, I'm very fortunate that, you know, like, you know, after I do my thing, like after we're done talking, I can go hang out with my kids Yep. And I'm there and I'm available and I'm present for them. It's not yep. easy. Like I've got plenty of things to do, but I would say, yeah, because but you're in control. I'm in you control. I'm, yeah. I'm in the driver's seat. Nobody's telling me that I need to show up and put yep. my life at risk. That is priceless. Yeah. Very much so. Very, very much so. Yeah.